if you don't have bush during your samurai sword scene, you're not doing it right. <laughs> it really gives it that that Bushido feel. <laughs> but it also adds to the danger factor. You're like, oh my god, my muff is out there, and there are knives being swung around. Like, <laughs> yikes. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. You make a noise, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Set it around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Calm the fuck down. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Casey, what's this month's theme? This fine February is Van Damuary. But it's not just normal Van Damuary. We're celebrating the villainous side of Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's naughty in every movie this month. Last week. <laughs> well, I can frame it how I want. Excuse no, you're not you. wrong. Last week, Jay delighted us with Enemies Closer. This week, Dave, what special treat did you bring? Uh, So, yeah, again, from 2001, we watched Replicant, uh, one of the four times that Van Damme has played two characters in the same movie. Love it. All right, Dave, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Your past is caught up to you, and you've been arrested. The cop drags you into a bathroom in his mother's house, and he's about to strip you. He's looking for a tracker. And the seconds before you are handcuffed, your bare ass is on the sink, and an angry man you've never met before gets all too handsy. Sell us on this movie. Michael Rooker tracks a killer JCVD with his own psychic clone, treating it like a dog and learning lessons about humanity, allegedly. (laughs) Seven seconds. (laughs) His mom had to yell at him. His mom literally had to yell at him when she found him pulling the pants off of a really buff tan guy on her houseboat. Case, I am about to make a break for it. I'm going to push off of uh, the wall to just kind of launch myself into the hallway and run out. So in the 10 seconds before I doom the both of us, sell us on this movie. Ringo Lamb's modern-day Pygmalion, where JCVD's Eliza is constantly getting punched by her Higgins while she attempts to catch her physically linked murderous twin daddy. Eight seconds. <laughs> kind uh, of a wait, romance wow. like Pygmalion, but kind of not. They don't end up I together. Didn't get romance. Did mm. not. I didn't there get was... romance, but I did while I was watching this frequently see things that I thought, wow, I'm sure Casey thinks this is romantic. <laughs> I'm curious if we have the same answers because there was one where I was like, listen, I know this lady isn't having fun, but (laughs) were I in this situation and Jean-Claude Van Damme was just like, hey, hi, hi, hello. I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, yes. And all right. Before we go too far and Casey gets too heated, let's go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. Van Damme is a killer called The Torch. Due to his knack for setting the mothers he murders on fire. The Torch has serious mommy issues, if that wasn't obvious. Later in the film, he gets murderous after a mother disciplines her child. The movie really gets kicked off after he calls to threaten Detective Jake, who spent three years trying to catch him during Jake's retirement party. 
Do you think quitting will stop me? I'm fairly confident that's not how policing works. I don't think you can just freestyle that after you're done. Anyways, uh, good news for Jake, though. Uh, his mysterious government agency appears to hire him as a consultant. We have to fight fire with fire, so obviously the best way to catch the serial killer Torch is to clone him. What? See, then the clone could use its psychic link to find the real killer. I don't Wait, hold on. Are, are you going to explain any of that? I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, no. It's, well, what is there to explain? It's a totally <laughs> mundane case of cloning an adult human into existence and then leveraging the psychic link it has with its genetic donor. Totally standard story. We've all seen this before. So that sheep in England was like mind talking to its clone? Yes, it was speaking to the original Dorothy. They were like buying back and forth. Anyway, as you know, even though Clone Van Damme has the same body, he's got the mind of a child now. It was one of those <laughs> pesky technological hurdles. The secret government agency could clone an entire human being from a single hair follicle, and it gets psychic powers, but the mind is childlike? Why isn't it a perfect replica? Jake becomes the replicant's handler, which is immediately problematic since Jake's got yeah. some serious anger issues. Despite Jake's verbal abuse, food terrorism, and handcuffing replicant in the basement next to the dog, the psychic link pays off and the replicant is able to confront the torch. The replicant gets his ass beat by the torch, but he's left alive. Yeah, so now the gig's up. The torch's identity's out. The Jake and replicant head to the hospital to see the torch's infirm mother. Instead, they get treated to roundhouses from the torch. Despite being the same, Replicant refuses the Torch's pleas to kill Jake. And in the ensuing fight, the Torch is chased by Jake and the Replicant to an incinerator. Replicant saves Jake from being burned alive and defeats the Torch in hand-to-hand -hand combat. But of course, Replicant refuses to kill Torch. And that always turns out well in movies. And by that, I mean Replicant gets smoked in the head by a shovel and Jake retaliates by shooting Torch dead. The building catches on fire. Replicant tosses Jake out before barricading the door from the inside. Jake looks sad after it explodes because he grew a feeling. Uh, yeah, Replicant isn't dead, though. He lives on to start a relationship with a sex worker. Didn't we establish earlier that he has the mind of a child? He does, yes. it's. Uh... Uh, but he's getting smarter every day. You notice he's <laughs> making longer sentences. You know who else gets smarter every day? Children. Children, <laughs> yes. And Penny and dogs. <laughs> Let's set this up, right? So so the first time we end up seeing... Yes, let's. Let's, <laughs> let's explain. Because I want to know, like, who sat down in the writing room? was like, okay, so we have this, this guy, right? And he's got the mind of a child, but he looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Very sexy. He's made Very a little bit sexy. horny, right? So what are we going to so do? We're going to bring him to the red light district, and he's mm. going to find this hooker who she's going to take him back to the room. He's not going to say anything. She's this just going to assume... That, that he wants to go along with it, and then when he doesn't yeah. produce any money, she's going to start to back off, but it's too late because he's already got a boner, and she's been grinding on him, and he's going to push her down and force uh -huh. himself on her, right? The guy with the mind of a child is going to force himself on this sex worker, uh -huh, and then uh -huh. she's going to push him off after he blows his load in his fucking sweatpants, and then she's going to feel sorry for him, right? Because... It's yeah. his first time, and Perfect. who are okay. we supposed to feel good for? Who the fuck? Like, well, let me stop you right there, Maury. Okay, um, I have a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I love what you're setting up so far. <laughs> it's the, like the lighter side of the lighter side of rape. Um, just gotta know <laughs> one thing: yeah. those pants he jazzed in. Um, can we keep them in those pants for the rest of the movie? <laughs> Is that an option? Because they fucking did it, my people. They kept him in his cum pants for the rest of the movie until the very end, and I'm never not mad about it. I'm mad every time I rewatch this movie and remember this scene because I always block it out. You've ranted. <laughs> you've ranted so much about the sweatpants he blew a load in on this yeah. that when I rewatched it, I was shocked that there wasn't a visible stain on them. I was convinced <laughs> that that must have been something I'd seen because of how much you had talked about it. <laughs> boy around in a in a fucking cruster right. not okay <laughs> oh. it is a weird it's a very weird storyline to include in there uh however yeah. big came out in 1988 <laughs> and this is pretty much the same plot line that they just didn't let play out all the way in big <laughs> That like oh yeah this the the end of that scene where the child in a man's body just you know finishes himself. I just something about finishes himself, and he does proceed to kick some ass after that, which is also yeah you get that post nut clarity. You're really good at your job now. I don't know who I'm supposed to feel good for or bad for in the scene because I feel like everyone is a bad person. They're all bad guys. If if there were people to get poked, everyone would in that scene would get poked. Oh yeah, I mean uh basically yep. everybody every, involved sucks. Not even but... basically every single person. Right. Every person's right. a bad person. Uh, the pimp's clearly a pretty terrible person coming in, tr- throwing punches. Is he a wrestler? Because he delivered his lines like a wrestler. He's like, time to pay up. It was so great. <laughs> I loved it. It was like a pro wrestler. And it made the, the fight better, but it didn't make the scene any less uncomfortable. Okay, Casey, you have a vagina. Have you... Allegedly. I don't know. I guess... This isn't maybe a fair question because if if baby brain Jean-Claude Van Damme came to you, you would probably take advantage of him too. So <laughs> First of all, I don't yeah, like your ahead. implication. Deny it. I and dare. And second you. of all, I'm too tired to even answer that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the specifics of it that she realized, "Oh, this is effectively a child's mind in the body of a ripped a Jason murderer. <laughs> he looks like fucking He-Man. So I can probably take this child in a killer's body and like gatekeep gaslight girl boss my way into a totally better pimp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That might have been a better story if we would have gotten that movie. It's a much darker film. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, because right. it's not going to stop there. She's going to start selling him. And oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe she's figured out how to replicate more, so she's just got, like, a whorehouse full of Van Dams. Oh, yeah. Which, grow, show me where. That'll be the, <laughs> that'll be the replicant TV series. 
It's like 10 years later and Jake's like, listen, I lost a lot of Jean-Claude's over the years. Like, that's The government's rights. coming down on me. We got to find them all. And it's like a monster of the week thing. There's, there's going to be a pirate gonna, Van Damme right, one week yeah, we're and the, the next them. week's like Absolutely. cyborg chef Van right. Damme. Yes, yes. Ooh, a chef episode. I'm thinking yes. like the chef from JoJo where they're like something evil's going on and they're like, no, it's not. This is just really good food. <laughs> Can we talk briefly about the wig? Sure. Because <laughs> the serial killer version of Van Damme in this movie wears the most horrific mop head wig throughout the film and i love it so goddamn much it is it's a it's a stunt trick that usually gets used for female stunt performers where like oh we'll just put a big wig on and then suddenly she has bangs that she didn't in any other scene and you don't see that with male action stars as often but when you want two van dams in one scene this wig will help you get there Beggars can't be choosers, and I was begging for it. <laughs> Absolutely, two Van Dams. I've had yeah. that dream. That's the trick. If you if you're doing you know a clone or a twin thing, uh, you just get a wig so atrociously bad that nobody's looking at the face in any scene whatsoever. <laughs> okay, right. recent example: the Cowboy Bebop wig that Vicious oh, yeah. has. Oh, yeah. It's offensive. Yeah. I don't think Jean-Claude has in any way gotten better as he's gotten older. I think, if anything, his acting abilities have degraded a little bit. I think what's changed is that he's made enough money and acquired enough stature that he can take roles that perfectly fit his abilities, what little they are. And that's what we get with movies like this. It's a terrible premise for a film. You don't want to waste someone good on this. We just want to get to the violence and the... And the clone How on clone dare fighting. you, David? What How the fuck, I'm shitty cinema. How dare you? <laughs> Come over so I can throw you out. Blaspheme. Blaspheme. Are you kidding Look, me? I say it with love. I yeah. say it in the same way that I absolutely adore Keanu Reeves and laugh my balls off at Bram Stoker's Dracula every time I watch it. <laughs> I still haven't watched it, and I'm oh, really excited to see such a beautiful himbo. That's my point. Keanu, fantastic as the generic action hero. Not great as the emotionally nuanced character. JCVD takes the same roles. He's either essentially Excuse playing me? JCVD or he's playing a mockery of JCVD. I thought he did good in this film. First of all, I think you're looking at it all wrong. You keep saying, okay, he's got, you know, like baby brains when he first is born. Yeah. Okay, when he realizes that he's handcuffed to the table in the whatever government pod thing when he first meets a very yeah. angry Jake, mm-hmm. yeah, he a, starts like freaking room. out. He tries yep. to pull him off this pole. He ends up ripping this, like, screwed-down table off a wall in the ground and is, like, behind it going like, hey, hey, just like a fucking toddler. Anyone with a toddler... <laughs> has seen the same thing when your kid gets stuck on something and then they're just all of a sudden irrationally pissed and now it's a weapon. We've all seen it. He does it perfectly. Yeah. All of his responses are perfect. Oh, my God. I just feel like looking at it, if you've been around a kid, 
it was spot fucking on. Not only that, Dave, I think you're downplaying all of the reactions. Like, the 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 naive, the clone, the replicant character spends a lot of time looking in wonderment and awe. And he really, like, genuinely feels like he's interacting the with the world. The way he walks. For the first time. Right. It really, there is a, a very primal sense to him. And I think I think he does a good it's job. It's not always of, perfect. Right. <laughs> not always perfect. I, Absolutely I was going to say, I think you might be taking one or two decent scenes and giving all, the rest of the film a lot of credit. I, I, I'll give him this. There aren't many male examples of the born sexy yesterday trope. And it's not Me quite <laughs> up to Mia's performance in The Fifth Element, but it's similar in quality. For what that compliment is worth. Yeah, all right. I'll take that. Wow. That's really, that's very good for you, Dave. I mean, my car is named after that character, so it's... Dave, I have a question for you. Yes. Maybe Jay and I missed something, but the kid in the movie, the one that he thinks Jean-Claude Van Damme attacks and he beats the shit out of Van Damme and comes to find (laughs) out the dog had butted him. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that not Jake's son or who is this kid? Because at first we thought it was his kid and, you know, they were just like separate or living, not living together, whatever. But we realize when he runs up to him as he comes to visit the house, he yells Jake rather than dad. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is that not his kid? I mean, I'm not judging. I just don't know who the fuck this woman and kid are. If, yeah, what is their relation? I- I'm honestly not sure. Michael Rooker's. Who did you I, I think, think he was? I thought that was his wife and son. Okay, thank you. I'm so glad but I caught because I was like, whoa, did act, you call him Jake? Yeah, they did not act out inappropriate mother and son relationship. Like the wife was just kind of present in the film and the son right. felt like a like Comedy Central sitcom mockery character added into this film. He felt like the, you know, like Kmart version of the kid from the show me the money thing. <laughs> you know, like, hey, it's a little bespectacled kid. Yay. But yeah, Michael Rooker's family was not at all. Look, it was not at all expanded upon enough for me to care about that storyline, which was a shame because the, it was a really good parallel to his obsession with catching the torch. Like this would have right. been a good back and forth. Right. And they just didn't give the other half of it enough. And listen, I actually appreciated that, that it didn't try to, like, make you care. Like, you fill in the blanks. It's a make-your-own kind of movie backup <laughs> thing. And I really like that. I feel like that's not the only time Ringo Lamb has done this. I fucking love Ringo Lamb. Ringo Lamb made this movie, uh, Maximum Risk. I adore his films. Ringo Lamb cut his teeth in Hong Kong, right? So I think that's it why shows. you see... I agree. I agree. You see some of that come through, especially, like, the, the chase scenes um, remind me of, of Hong Kong cinema chase scenes. Oh, the yeah. Scenes, Parking garage much, fights. He did full contact. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Right. Like, Ringo Lamb, Ringo Lamb is, is shitty cinema uh, royal. Holy shit. Our, Wait. Right? He directed Twin Dragons? Twin Dragons? Correct. Yes. Yep. He's done a bunch of shit and allegedly. How many movies about identical twin Kung Fu fighters has <laughs> this man made? A Who lot. gives a shit? We love it. Like this is, 
This is what we come for. I just really enjoy Ringo Lamb movies. They're exciting. He knows how to frame an explosion when the bad guy's apartment explodes. The way they shoot it, they're not like super far out. They don't do that same shot you see all the time. They cut it from three different angles, and you can see the glass raining down on the cars, and it looks super real. I really, really enjoyed it. It was actually a notable explosion. Yeah, because you see it from inside of the building. You see it from outside. <clears throat> you also see its effect on, on civilians around there. So it really gives you a, a rounded perspective of the sort of damage that it does. You can definitely see his background in the explosions, uh, the gunfights. You can tell the man's worked with Chow Yun-Fat a lot. They're, they're not the greatest gunfights I've ever seen, but it was still no. exciting and fun, and yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, my one complaint, though, for a movie that has allegedly two Van Dams in it, there was not as much martial arts in this as I would have expected going in. We borderline got more gymnastics from JCVD than we did kung fu yeah i can appreciate that but there's also the twin fight at the end where they're doing more fighting and kicking and shit but kicking in the same spots that was our only significant uh martial arts in the film but yeah Yeah. it, it did go on for a while it had the trope i've seen before i didn't even realize in other goddamn ringo lamb movies where the two clones <laughs> throw the exact same punch and the exact same kick. But God damn it, that's always fun. It really it's is. Theater. It works and and it works out well. The the stunt double that they got for Van Damme did some Killed good it. work. I I loved it. And that fight is by far the best combat in the movie in my opinion. When they are th- they're throwing the same strikes and then uh the the replicant gets the upper hand on evil van damme i was all in i'm i'm sitting on the edge of my seat i always love that part of the movie yeah it's a fun fight sequence uh it's choreographed well it's shot well just no complaints it's it's a great fight scene the ambulance chase scene is fucking awesome when when bad van damme takes off and steals an ambulance and jake jumps in with him he ends up choking bad van damme with the 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 seatbelt and yes. the fucking yeah, and the ambulance is going through a parking garage, hitting at like uh, forty at forty, <laughs> right? Hitting speed bumps and ramping up, hitting the ceiling, knocking off lights. It is fucking awesome to watch. It, it was destroys a fun a bunch scene. I fu- oh man, I I love how that is shot. Can I just say that this film seems. Not that aged, except for the like one computer scene. But the thing that kept making me know when it was made was Jean Claude Van Damme's shoes, those fucking <laughs> big ass airwalks that make it look like he has some sort of back condition, and they're like medical shoes. What were we they doing did. with the soles of our shoes? Like we bitch about Yeezys, but also like ugh, these two, not good. Yeah. They did pretty firmly date a movie that could have fallen otherwise anywhere 10 years before or after it came out. I, I, okay, I want to bitch about just the core premise of the film for a minute here. That okay. they never showed him how to use the bathroom? No, definitely not. I don't want that scene. I do. I know you do. <laughs> well, where is no, it? My problem is, all right, so the central idea of the film is that to catch a serial killer, yeah. they decide to use a secret government program to make a clone of him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's this the most is a, 
this is a terrible plan, but it's an action movie. So like, that's fine. I agreed to it when you told me that John Travolta using face swapping technology was a good idea. (laughs) So like, sure, let's clone the serial killer. However, you can't give me like an extra 45 seconds of techno babble to explain why the clone has a psychic link to the original. They do. They say they edited his genome. So in this world, plausibly in the future, I can have my genome edited with like some kind of delivery technology and gain psychic powers. This is like a project paperclip situation where we have a bunch of old Nazi doctors doing weird (laughs) occult science on people. And now we get this. We have the science side of cloning and the occult side of twin link. You're fucking welcome. Yeah, I guess like I would have been totally fine if they had just put in a bit more work to the script to come up with reasons why the clone could track him and then just kept it as just, oh, we cloned him to get his face and his fingerprints and whatever. But that psychic link and the total lack of an explanation. I know you said they included one line, but I need more than that. Like, you gotta yeah, give me more than yeah. that. They, they glossed over a lot of stuff here. And I feel like that's something they right. may have wanted to explain a little better. Maybe right. give we us went, a sequel. We went from like Dorothy the Sheep to Minority Report. And I need something in between those two <laughs> steps. Okay. What would be a satisfying explanation? I don't know. Uh, give me some type of uh, brain implant that causes his uh, genomes to enter a state of uh what's that that uh quantum thing where they in even in different positions yeah causes his brain to enter a state of quantum entanglement with the original genetic donor i was gonna say like smell pheromones he left at a crime scene to spark some sort of like link hookup like a chemical you right. Know, or like, even, oh, right. or okay. even just like he's Sherlock Holmes the scene in that he looks around and instantly knows what the original would have done because it's what he wants to do. And that would have been maybe a little bit one way they could have played it is that. But he the, couldn't have had baby the, brains that way. And that's the original would have done he was that. Born sexy. I don't know that them adding quantum woo to the explanation would make it any more convincing than just not explaining it. There's something kind of elegant going. Hey, they have a psychic link you because fill we in the think blanks. it's great for this story. <laughs> and go fuck yourself. I'm gonna right? say the Nazi doctor right. background. I like, I like that they we don't, don't spend time explaining to me the psychic link. That they're just like, yeah, we made a better because we edited his genome and psychic link. And they're like, good deal. I'm like, I guess. It's <laughs> right on, Governor. Keep going. It's just a, a particular sort of writing that you see in action movies throughout the late 80s, all of the 90s, and a bit of the early aughts. And it either falls into, we added this thing because we thought it was cool and we don't care enough to <laughs> yeah. give you more. Or yeah. we added this thing because we wrote ourselves into a corner and we don't care enough to like write better. <laughs> and the Psychic Link and Replicant feels like the latter one. We've asked like five people and no one can get us out of this corner. So just deal with it. Don't look at the corner. Honestly, if they if they would have gotten rid of the the psychic link and just said that he thinks the way that the other one thinks, I would have bought that. too. Yeah, sure. That would have been totally fine. Yeah, they could have rewritten a couple scenes and still gotten to the same completion. Listen, right. 
that's not the part of the film I can test most with. My biggest beef with this movie is when the fake FBI profiler comes up and he starts describing the serial killer. He says in his 30s. <laughs> 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 uh huh. And I weigh somewhere in my 120s. <laughs> Same. Sure. That's that's flattering. He is decently out of his 30s and his lifestyle is catching up with him. Body still tight. Body you don't look at that face and see 30s though. I'm sure it was just some vanity thing that like the original script was like, "Oh yeah, he's 40 and JCVD came back like, "No, you must say I'm 30." <laughs> yeah, it it kind of felt like that where I'm just like that wasn't necessary at all. <laughs> but look in enemies closer. He's tan as fuck in that, too. So it's yeah, not just, yeah. you know, other things. He tanned a lot. That catches up to you fast, man. Did you guys get a fresh keeper moment in this movie? Because I have Fuck one. yes. Go ahead, Case. What no, is you it? go first. Okay. Fine, if you, if you insist. So I think the fresh keeper moment is this. Ready? It's when JCVD comes out as a replicant. He's in his cell. He's watching TV and he's using the the bed like a sawhorse. He falls off, gets up, pops a Mentos, and then does the splits leading into the excuse for the splits is it's the fresh it's the right. peak fresh yeah. maker moment. He he's learning gymnastics off TV and that's why he right. does splits. That's like a that's a 9 out of 10 excuse for the splits. Fresh goes better, Mentos freshens. Fresh goes better. I do the splits and after, I don't know. I call that the replicant <laughs> Olympics training in his dorm room. <laughs> Case, was that your fresh Hold maker on, moment I'm as well? I had thought I had to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that was my first fresh maker moment. And then okay. my second fresh maker moment is the very last scene in the movie where the fresh maker is going to go get his fresh wanker. When he's like, kind of like skip jogging across the road with the <laughs> sex worker, he's like, "Yay, more wet pants game!" <laughs> and he just seems really excited about it. Dave, how about you? I did not find a full-on fresh maker <laughs> moment what? in this movie. Really? I think, yeah, the closest I could say was there's a, a stunt fairly early on when the torch is trying to run down Michael Rooker with his car. And mm -hmm. Michael Rooker runs up to a chain link fence and just leaps onto the fence and hangs off it like a yes. frog on a wall as the car drives through it underneath him. It it wasn't in, it wasn't long enough for a full Mentos commercial, but I did really appreciate that moment and that hey right, you know hey I've seen people get hit by cars in a lot of different ways and I appreciate the that you took the time to find a novel way of doing it that I still sat up and took notice. He reminded me of Super Mario when you can cling to the fence in the castles and you punch the fence if you want to flip around on those little doors. <laughs> it was yeah. like that. Yeah. Michael Rooker, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it's so cleanly shot. Yeah. He it, just j barely jumps out of the way of the front of the car. The car breaks through and the fence flips several times like really, really quickly. And the guy is just cemented on, that had to fucking hurt so yeah, bad we, we could have hung on the shot of him on the fence as it's getting hit a little bit longer they cut away from it a little quicker than i'd like sure. but for uh 
for a guy gets hit by a car scene, it's both really well shot and mm-hmm. just, like I said, it was done in a novel way I haven't seen before that still made me go, ah, that's kind of cool. Let's skip back 10 seconds and watch that again. Yeah, I've rewatched that a lot and it's really, really, really well done. I, I think the whole intro sets up the tension of the movie well because it shows us a lot about Jake, a lot about the torch and how their their relationship, the tension between the two. And I love that it culminates in that whole scene. Like I, I the intro to this film, in my opinion, is a great way to set up an action movie. Yeah, it doesn't try to go too far back. You get the the tone of the film and you get a great preview of what the film is going to be filled with. And they hate each other and it shows. And they hate each other and I love it. Can you imagine anyone better than Michael Rooker for the angry ass detective that is Jake? He just I I just I think Michael Rooker kills the role and uh but but his character is fucking just an angry shithead. He's so intense. Though, so I mean, intense. like, even when he smiles, he still looks like he's going to fly off the handle. When they yeah. show him at his retirement party, he's, like, surrounded by friends and family. And, quite possibly, whoever they spent money on to make the caricature of him, like, on a shrimping boat or something, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, That person yeah. has some talent. I notice that every time I watch the movie, I'm always like, that's a great fucking caricature. They killed it. But he's still, he, he oozes rage even when he's happy he's just always menacing like he's just so fucking angry yeah michael rooker does a phenomenal performance he's just written absolutely terribly like he puts me on the defensive it boiled over for me when he first gets introduced to the replicant and the government agents are like yeah we want you to watch him and this man grins like the Grinch the moment he put together <laughs> his plan to ruin Christmas. It could not be more obvious that he is going to abuse the shit out of 100%. that A hundred percent. And yet the CIA or whatever the fuck this is hands it over. This is like Michael Vick just showed up to adopt a pit bull today. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but Take it's like a dog. government pit bull with a computer brain and shit and is also can turn into a Ferrari you can drunk drive. Cool. Right, like it could not Give be more obvious him. that Michael Rooker's going to abuse the shit out of this clone. So I knew I had seen Michael Rooker angry before and I was like, why do I know this face so well? Like, why does this face haunt me? Do you know who he plays? Who? It was an important film in all of our childhood. Mallrats. He's Claire Forlani's dad that gets stink palmed. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was it like, is. I know I've seen him angry and sweating before, but where? Yes. I looked down his list of credits in Good fucking Mallrats. I've seen that movie over a hundred times. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I can't believe I forgot I knew where I knew him from. I'm so ashamed. Sorry, Michael. Hey, really quick. So when Jake and JCVD go to the hospital to go meet the replicant's twin daddy's mom, and they find out she's dead, the nurse working is like this sweet little lady, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry she passed," and. Obviously, something's going on with the guy that usually has cohesive conversations with her, who's just now like, uh, er, uh, er, around. And this weird man you've never seen is like, can we see the dead body? And she's like, why, sure, come on down. You're going to let him go look at a dead body? I mean, 
In 2001, you could just go look at it, any yeah. dead body, but like, hey, yeah, you got fine. anything fresh? Can I go look at it? Can I just take a peek? She did think that the dead body's son was there with Michael Rooker, and in the, I don't know, less than a day since she last saw him, it appears he's had a full-on Britney Spears breakdown and shaved his head. <laughs> so, like, yeah. how many follow-up questions yeah. do you have for the situation? <laughs> All I know is she can't get any more dead, and I can. So you know what? Go look at the body all you like. <laughs> Is that pre or post cum pants? That's post cum pants. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so again, how much do you want to put yourself in the middle of this situation? <laughs> all right. That's all. Uh, to be fair, she was the desk was you know covering <laughs> the cum pants. So. <laughs> Why did they put that in the movie? We 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 got to stop rambling on about Casey the the jizz pants and uh, all the rest of this. Pants. We got to get down to brass tacks and answer the question we do every week. So you know what, Case, we'll kick it off with you from two thousand and one, Double Van Dam, the film replicant. Would you watch it again? First of all, I'm always down for a Double Van Dam. Fuck yeah. Second of all, there is one part of this movie that makes me cringe, and it's when they're in the morgue after they're like, hey, do you want to see a dead body? And um, Jake is disarmed by evil Van Dam, and he has to throw his gun in a vat of blood that they have drained from a dead body. Can we not? that? Let's put that up there with dry humping and trying to make <laughs> rape funny. Let's just put that on that list of, hey, Ringo, nobody... Um, that's gross as fuck. But yes, I oh! would absolutely watch Replicant again. I watched it twice in three days. I adore this movie. It's a Ringo Lamb diamond. Not in the rough. Even if it was, I like it rough. So yes, I would watch it again. Jay, how about you? Replicant from 2001. Would you watch it again? Uh, I always am surprised by Replicant because I uh, it, it opens up strong and it has some moments that slow it down in the middle really badly. But I always have fun with it. And I think that there's some great stuff from Van Tam in here. There's some fun action and it is ridiculous. And I, and I absolutely love Michael Rooker. He just kills it. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch Replicant again. But Dave... What about you? You brought this 2001's Replicant. Would you watch it again? God, this is such a remarkably specific position to be in because I can't even say that this is the best Ringo Lamb movie to watch or even <laughs> that this is the best Ringo Lamb movie about two identical twins fighting in it to watch or even that this is the best Ringo Lamb movie where two Jean-Claude Van Damme's fight in it. <laughs> Ringo Lamb is just putting out bangers. Right. You can't deny because it. Because dude put out Twin Dragons in 92 with JCV or with Jackie Chan doing two mm -hmm. in the same movie. Yes. He put out Maximum Risk in 96 with Double Van Damme in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like There's better options out there for everything in this movie from everyone who made the movie. But despite it, 
I still had a lot of fun with the film. So I'm probably going to be fast forwarding through a lot in the middle of it. Because it's really just the beginning and the end that I love. But yeah, I'm still going to watch Replicant again at some point. I was going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Can you put down your caviar and say that again, Dave? Ah, yes. My my caviar of twin dragons, (laughs) double impact, and maximum risk. All right. Well, that's three out of three for the first time in a while. Uh, All three of us are going to watch Replicant again. But listeners at home... It comes down to you to really tell us what matters. So would you watch Replicant multiple times? Is it even worth one? I don't know. Yeah. Tell us. Yes, it is. Watch yeah. it, you guys. Watch it and let us know. All right, Jay, it's up to you to close out the month for us next week. So how are we going to be finishing off this villainous Vandamuary? Well, if we're going to be closing out villainous Vandamuary, we need to do it with a bang. And by a bang, mm-hmm. I mean a movie that is stacked with stars. Of course, it's going to feature Jean-Claude Van Damme, but we're going to have Sylvester Stallone and Randy Couture and Jason Statham and Jet Li and Chuck Norris and Dolph Lundgren and Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terry Crews and Scott Atkins because we are watching The Expendables 2 where Jean-Claude Van Damme is villain because he is the (laughs) villain! Writing's hard, okay? (laughs) Follow us on social media, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at badmoviesbadpeople, Instagram at kc.cinema or shittycinema.com. And hey, also, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating, please. We will mow your lawn this week. Probably not. Sorry. I'm busy. No, don't listen to that. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. If you want to help us out, give us a thumbs up on Facebook and share this podcast with someone you love. Now, in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Turn on the porno. Just kidding. No, don't take that person into your apartment. Okay, bye. Huh?